Welcome to Capital Conversations, the ERLC's podcast from Washington, D.C., where we help Christians imagine a new way to engage in the public square. I'm your host, Chelsea Soblick. Our conversations cover the policy debates and news shaping our world as we aim to connect our Christian theological motivations to political engagement in Washington. My hope for this podcast is that these conversations would foster a new way for Christians to engage in the public square. Greetings and welcome back to Capital Conversations. I am Chelsea Sodlick. I am the Acting Director of Public Policy here in our Washington, D.C. office. Over the past few weeks, I've conducted uh, interviews with Yuval Levin from AEI. He was our August profile this year and just a fantastic person, and I've just deeply respected his work. And then recently, I interviewed Matthew Sorens from World Relief to highlight how Christians should be thinking about uh, Afghan uh, refugees and those who qualify for special immigrant visas and how we can get involved in serving those people. As we transition into a new season of Capital Conversations, I will be reimagining what this podcast will look like moving forward. And I plan to uh, sit down at the beginning of each month and bring you a public policy update from our Washington, D.C. office. My vision for this is to highlight, you know, top three or four stories from the previous month that the ERLC has been working on and engaged in here in Washington, D.C., and that I think you should know about. And then at the very end of the podcast, I will give a look ahead for what the upcoming month will look like um, here in Washington, D.C. and on a public policy front. My uh, hope for this is that it will be helpful for you to know what's going on, to know how the ERLC is involved to know how Christians uh, ought to think about these issues, and to know how you can get involved. So the first week of every month, we will be sharing a public policy update. And the second half of the month, I will continue having uh, interviews with policymakers, coalition partners, and leaders that I admire on the issues we work on. So without further ado, The three issues that I will be highlighting today are Afghanistan, the Texas heartbeat bill, and the appropriations process and ERLC's concerns within the appropriations bills. First is Afghanistan. Over the month of August, uh, things rapidly changed in Afghanistan. President Biden had set a deadline for U.S. troop removal from Afghanistan, uh, that every uh, U.S. troop would be gone by August 31st. The Taliban swiftly took over the country, and uh, we saw images and videos of the evacuation process as the United States government was helping evacuate Americans from Afghanistan and uh, Afghans who qualified for special immigrant Uh, visas, uh, helping them leave the country as well. We know that there was a terrorist attack at the gates um, of the airport and 13 U.S. service members were killed in that attack. We deeply grieve anytime there is a loss of life. On August 31st, every single U.S. troop uh, was gone. However, 
Uh, there were many, many of our Afghan allies, those who served for years alongside the United States government and the United States military as translators um, and in a variety of capacities who really supported our efforts in Afghanistan, who were not able to leave the country and are now extremely vulnerable in the country of Afghanistan. At the end of August, the Evangelical Immigration Table, which the ERLC is a member of, uh, we sent a letter to President Biden urging him to follow through on his promise to offer refuge to Afghan individuals and their families at risk due to their service to the United States government in Afghanistan. Additionally, we urged the Biden administration to offer priority to refugee status to those who did not qualify for special immigrant visas, but are also um, at risk of persecution and oppression by the Taliban. Our friends over at Open Doors USA every year produce a report highlighting uh, the issue of Christian persecution globally. And in this most recent report, they noted that Afghanistan is the second most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian, second only to North Korea. So certainly, religious minorities and Christians in Afghanistan are extremely vulnerable to being persecuted. Additionally, women and girls, before uh, the United States came in and liberated the country, uh, women and girls could not leave the house without a chaperone. They could not go to school. They could not work. Their rights and ability to participate in society were extremely limited. When the United States came in, they uh, there was a whole generation of young women who got to experience freedom and opportunity. And now there's grave concern that now that the Taliban has taken over again, uh, that women and girls will not be afforded uh, those opportunities. So we have advocated uh, to the administration for refuge for those Afghan allies uh, for priority to refugee status. And additionally, our uh, sister entity, Send Relief, and the organization World Relief have been partnering together to serve refugees as they are being resettled in the United States. So if you or your church is interested in volunteering to help Afghan refugees, I would consider reaching out to Send Relief or World Relief and just inquiring to see how you can be supportive. In addition to advocacy and helping meet practical needs of uh, refugees and those coming into our countries, we should also be praying. We should be praying for those fleeing violence and persecution. We should be praying for refugees as they resettle into our country, that they will uh, be warmly welcomed and that people will share the good news of the gospel with them. The second story you need to know about is the Texas Heartbeat Act and the Supreme Court. At the end of August, the U.S. Supreme Court was asked by a collection of abortion providers and proponents to intervene to prevent Texas's Senate Bill 8. You may have heard it thrown around as SB 8. It's also known as the Texas Heartbeat Act from taking effect. By not acting, the justices declined to issue an injunction, and the law went into effect. However, just before midnight on September 1st, the court voted 5-4 to four to officially deny the emergency appeal. Justices Alito, Coney Barrett, 
Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Thomas all voted to deny the appeal. The law remains in effect, and the case will now return to the lower court. So what does this law do? The Texas heartbeat bill bans abortion once a fetal heartbeat is detected, which typically occurs around five to eight weeks into a pregnancy. In this particular bill, there are no exceptions made for rape or incest, but there are exceptions made for medical emergencies. Uh, the Texas legislature passed this bill, and uh, Governor Greg Abbott signed this legislation into law in May, and the bill uh, was set to take effect on September 1. Again, that's why there was that flurry of um, activity right before the, the bill was set to take effect. So there are a number of uh, fetal heartbeat bills uh, that have been introduced throughout the country, um, but none of them have gone into effect until now because they've been blocked by the courts. The Texas heartbeat bill's aim is similar to the other heartbeat bills, but the enforcement mechanisms are different. This law takes a novel legal approach to limiting abortion by tasking enforcement of this measure exclusively through private civil actions. So essentially, this law allows any private citizen to bring a lawsuit against any individual who performs or induces an abortion or knowingly engages in conduct that aids or abets an abortion. Uh, including payment for or reimbursement for the cost of an abortion. It is extremely important to note that this bill does not punish women who uh, seek to or obtain abortions. This law is seeking to punish abortionists, not vulnerable women. So what does this mean kind of moving forward for the court's abortion jurisprudence? Um, there's been a lot of talk about this this particular bill. You may have seen that this is the end of Roe, uh, a number of things. <laughs> but this is not necessarily the case to be watching for related to the court's um, response to uh, Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. The court recently agreed to hear a challenge to Mississippi's ban on abortion at 15 weeks in a case entitled Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Um, in that case, uh, Mississippi asked the court to completely overturn both the Roe and the Casey decisions that have protected abortion uh, for 50 years. So we will be, uh, the ERLC has submitted an amicus brief in that case, and we will be closely watching uh, that case. In regards to this Texas uh, bill, every committed pro-life Christian wants an immediate end to abortion. And while laws are introduced and litigated, uh, Christians can and should be on the front lines of caring for vulnerable women and their preborn babies. We have the opportunity every single day to demonstrate the love and share the good news of the gospel by tangibly serving these women. While we uh, work towards the objective of making abortion unthinkable and unnecessary, we do appreciate every step um, that can be taken, whether through uh, legislative channels, court decisions, or cultural developments to save preborn lives. The third story you need to know about is the appropriations process. 
In July, the U.S. House of Representatives passed all 12 of the appropriations bills for the FY 2022 appropriations process. The Senate um, is just beginning to consider these appropriations bills, and the ERLC sent a letter to Capitol Hill highlighting our concerns in the appropriations process. So the ERLC um, and SBC affirm the full dignity of every human being and that every life is worthy of protection, beginning with the unborn. We oppose any appropriations riders that deny religious freedom and conscience protection to millions of Americans. The uh, FY 2022 House Appropriations bills are troubling because they remove several long-standing pro-life writers from the budget. For the first time since 1976, the Hyde Amendment has not been included in the Labor HHS Appropriations Bill. The Hyde Amendment prevents Medicaid from covering the cost of abortion. At the 2021 Southern Baptist Convention, Messengers unanimously approved a resolution condemning efforts to strip the Hyde Amendment from any federal appropriations bill and called on Congress to uphold all pro-life writers. Additionally, the appropriations bills removed the Weldon Amendment for the first time since 2005. The Weldon Amendment protects the rights of consciences for healthcare professionals and institutions by preventing uh, HHS from denying funding to recipients that refuse to provide, pay for, or refer for abortion. The budget would also prevent any president uh, from reinstating the Mexico City policy reestablished and expanded by President Trump as the Protecting Life and Global Health Assistance Policy. Every single year, the ERLC is actively engaged in the appropriations process, working alongside committee and leadership offices to ensure that important pro-life, religious liberty, and conscience protections are included. The ERLC will continue to advocate for these pro-life provisions and other legislative measures that reflect God's gracious love for every human life. In addition to those three stories, I want to highlight a few events that we hosted over the summer that could be beneficial to you. We hosted an event entitled Baptists in the Supreme Court, where we hosted Kristen Wagner from the Alliance Defending Freedom, Monsi Avarino from Beckett Law Firm, and myself. Uh, we joined uh, our chief of staff, Brent Leatherwood, to have a discussion on the previous Supreme Court term and the upcoming Supreme Court term. Additionally, we hosted an event entitled Baptists in the Nation, where we hosted Todd Lafferty from the International Mission Board and Paul Miller from Georgetown University to discuss what is going on globally, um, some areas of the world we are particularly uh, concerned about, and how Christians can get involved. We hope that those events will be helpful to you. So now for a brief look ahead. So every year in August, D.C. quiets down a bit. Uh, this August was a little busier because Congress was not in recess for the entire month, but the month of August is typically pretty quiet in Washington, D.C. September will be an extremely busy month in Washington, D.C. Here are a couple helpful uh, dates and things to keep in mind for the upcoming month. September 11th is the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the United States. Um, leading up to that, we will be uh, publishing some helpful resources on our website, so be sure to check those out. 
on September 15th, uh, the House and the Senate committees must uh, finish drafting their portions of the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. We will be closely tracking what is going into those bills and advocating for the inclusion of uh, pro-life provisions. And then lastly, September 30th is the day the government funding runs out. So every year, uh, there's kind of a flurry of activity around, you know, government funding, uh, the deadline for that. There's usually some bigger debates around that. So we will be sure to keep you updated. So that is your look at top stories from August and a look ahead for September. Be sure to stay up to date with the ERLC on social media and through our newsletter so you never miss an update. Thank you so much. This is Capital Conversations, an ERLC podcast from Washington, D.C. If you enjoyed today's show, send a link to this podcast to a friend or family member in your community. Be sure to subscribe to Capital Conversations so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review to help others find the show. Resources from today's episode are available in the show notes and at erlc.com. If you enjoyed listening to Capital Conversations each week, check out our other ERLC podcasts. Weekly Tech airs every Monday, and its host is Jason Thacker, who is one of the leading voices on technology and human dignity. The ERLC podcast is our flagship show and airs every Friday. Lindsay and Britt give a helpful rundown of what the ERLC has been working on that week, including updates on our work in Washington, D.C. Search for Weekly Tech and the ERLC podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to being back together with you next time. Bye.